So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining, for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this. Has approved this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company i'm losing everything everything i own is being taken away from me and they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio which is right over here And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. <laughs> they have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face, That's safe. This is safe. 50 feet away. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Joining me today is Angela Marsden. You may be familiar with her because her video went viral. She is the owner of Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon, or is it Saloon and Grill? I don't <laughs> it's Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. Grill and Saloon, of course. So your video the other day, I think it really affected a lot of people. I know it affected me. I have been following the pandemic stuff very closely, its effect on businesses. It put me out of work in one of the lines of work that I've been involved with for 15 years. And, you know, when I saw you, your emotional reaction with what happened the other day, I was just like, oh my God, like, how can we be doing this? And I have other restaurateur friends and watching them see their life's work taken away for this has been torturous for me. And I know it's torturous for them. So, so welcome. And let's, uh, I, I really am looking forward to hearing what your story is. Thank you. Thank you. So let's, 
start at the very beginning. All right. So how was business going before the pandemic started? Well, like, um, tell me about, tell me about Pineapple Hill. All right. I would love to. Um, uh, this is a very, very special place. It's in the, the heart of the Valley here in Los Angeles. It's in Sherman Oaks. Um, in this particular place, what is so special about it, or at least to me is, is that it has been here since 1978. Um, I'm the third owner. And when I took it over, um, I actually have a silent partner, um, Christopher Levy. He's an acting teacher. Um, when I took it over, we acquired it. The reason why I wanted it is because it really was like I'm from Indiana. It was it was the neighborhood cheers. And Indiana. it had all that history. So wait, um, when did you take it over? Ten years ago. I'm the third ago. owner. Mm-hmm. And um, the kitchen staff has been here since the day it opened. And they're all family. God. And, and yeah. so business was going well. Like, what kind of vibe is it inside? Tell me about, like, how it was right before this stopped. I mean, you guys were probably... You know, it's you show sports well, there and like, stuff like, like I mean, March Madness was coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's if you it's very funny because, um, two, you know, right before this hit two days before it hit, it was a Sunday. And on that Tuesday was going to be St. Patty's Day, which is a huge oh, day. Yes. For us. And we had bought, you know, everything for St. Patty's. I actually have um, Kate who's a bartender and she's very artistic. Um, and she had drawn on we have these big chalkboards on our, our beer fridge doors and she had done these um you know St. Patty's girls on there and when this all went down I spent my last evening on a Sunday you know having drinks with my customers just all of us just hugging and going oh my gosh what's going on and you know it, at that time we we really were not quite aware of what was going to hit us and uh I said uh when it you know we closed that Sunday um, I told my staff, don't erase the chalkboards. I want to be reminded throughout this whole thing of, <laughs> sorry, the, the beginning, you know, I, I felt like it's, it's, I know I jokingly said, it'll be like Indiana Jones. If it's the end of the world, people will come <laughs> in here and go, this is what was going on before the world ended. Right. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, no kidding. You know? Um, but yeah, yeah like 28 so, days later when everybody's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for the beginning part of what went down, I kept feeling like, oh my gosh, am I living in the, the show walking dead? Like what is going on here? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was, it was a scary time. I think for everybody, everybody was worried about getting it. Everybody was trying to do the right thing. I certainly was. Um, I, um, you know, before that you asked prior, and this is really, uh, I think important because um, I've been a small business owner now in LA for 10 years. I've been in LA for 28, you know, 20, over 28 years. Um, and um, we were already getting decimated with minimum wage. So wow. bars and restaurants and dry cleaners, smaller businesses that are on the minimum wage hike, we have to go to $15 an hour. We're not, we're barely able to sustain and we were losing businesses left and right from that right before mm -hmm. this happened. And I had, you know, crunching numbers and working as hard as I can was like, how can we sustain the $15 um, minimum wage hike had come up? You know, I, I have a, 
um, lucky. I have an older license. I'm able to open at 6 a.m. and serve if I want with a liquor license. And that's kind of rare now these days. And I have a kitchen. So I had already planned it out that I was going to start serving breakfast and catering to soccer and try to build the breakfast. And if I could do that, I could still make a decent living, not a great living, a decent living and keep the bar going. So we had but you were just catching up o- to zero at that point, right? Like right. that was your baseline and you had to get back to that. Right. And then, um, and then, and then I was crying. I mean, months before the pandemic, I was watching friends of mine go out of business and going, Oh God, what am I going to do? Um, and then the pandemic hit and, um, it was just like, wow, uh, what do we do next? You know what I mean? <laughs> So how did you get, how did you initially find out that you were going to have to close down? Did the city send you notice or did you find out kind of through the media yeah. as everyone else? Everybody, did, everybody found out through the media. Yeah. Wow. There was never, ever, ever. This is the other complaint that small businesses have. We're never given like a two week organized notice. We, you know, we're getting the notices. Yeah. One of the notices where we were actually allowed to reopen inside, we were getting the notices. um, We got the notice the night before. And then we got a list, a 10 page list of everything we had to do to be open. So there's never been any uh, real notice. That's a huge complaint of every single small business owner and a huge failure on the organization and the part of the city to I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. This should be their number one priority. They should be in a war room somewhere figuring out everything step by step and everything else should be on hold as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Except for the fact that this is actually what they want to be doing. That's uh, as far as I can see, I don't, I don't see any initiative being taken by the city or the County or the state to do anything for these businesses. Did you guys take uh, PPP loans um, or were you not okay. even eligible for that or? No, no, no. I was, so I'm a very conservative, financially conservative um, business owner. I'm, I don't like a lot of debt. I like to pay things yeah. um, with cash. So, you know, even in the beginning when I took over the business, I wasn't taking my a salary. I was working as a bartender for the first couple of years to try to pay down uh, the debt of actually purchasing the business. So, um, so that's literal sweat equity too. Like you were working yeah. there. This is your, your home, yeah. your livelihood. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I knew, I knew, look, you know, in, in hard, good times or bad times, I've been in the restaurant business 30 some years. I could wait tables. I could do dishes, you know? So yeah. for me, I spent it, a long it, time in the restaurant industry as well. Yeah. And it's, and so, so, um, we were one of the lucky ones because I said, I'm going to pay a bookkeeper and, you know, most small businesses cannot afford that extra expense. And then they try to do their own bookkeeping and then it's a mess and there's all kinds of issues. Um, the majority of small businesses are like that because they're trying to do their social media, their marketing, their purchasing, their guests. I mean, when you're a small business owner, you're not a corporation, you're doing every department and yeah. it, it's hard. And, um, but I was like, no, I'm going to not make that much money and see, this is my retirement and, um, I'm going to hire a bookkeeper. And luckily I did because I I had 
um, ADP payroll and I had a bookkeeper and all my paperwork was really in line. Um, so I was lucky to get the PPP loan. I can tell you five bars right now that are staples in this community that have history beyond history that did not get the PPP loan and they do not have food and they've been sitting unable to open um, for nine months now and they are losing every single thing they have. And so I, and they're say, still paying rent. Oh, none of the landlords. I won't say none. I know two people that have landlords that have reduced rent. Not even my landlord is reducing my rent. None of the landlords are, are reducing rents at all. And that's a so, tough one because, you know, they have their business too, you know, and it's yeah, yeah. ultimately, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I hate to interrupt you, but this is what I keep trying to push through when I'm talking with people. You know, stop pitting us against each other. Sure. The landlords, yeah, the landlords, they have loans, they have overhead. Um, the commercial business, you know, commercial loans, they're not. Most of them don't own this, don't own their buildings outright. So I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I understand that they're in a similar situation. Just like the movie production company that came that day was just trying to eat the 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 entertainment industry here was shut out for ten months and was mm. was decimated. It's the people making the rules that I'm having issues with, and and the way they're I doing agree. it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so. So. Go ahead. Yes, we got the PPP loan. The PPP loan lasted two and a half months. And during that two and a half months, because we were L.A. County, we were we were shut down more than most of the country. Um, most of that time, I was not fully or partially opened. I was takeout. Um, and then um, we were even closed for a month when they made us go outside because I was trying to figure out how to do the patio. Um, but it, it helped sustain about two and a half months of payroll and rent, and it was gone. Unbelievable. So... You get shut down and we are initially told it's going to be 15 days to slow the spread. And so just speaking for myself, I was like, all right, two weeks. Okay. You know, I, we didn't know how dangerous it was at the time, or at least there was a chance that it was going to be far more dangerous than it turned out to be. And so I think that a lot of people, myself included, were patient with that decision and said, okay, well, if this is what we got to do, this is what we got to do. And that's okay. But as the weeks wound on and you could see from, you know, the data that this wasn't at all how they sold it to us and that they weren't concerned with opening. Like where, where were you at that point? Like in your head? I mean, I can only uh... imagine the frustration. It was frustrating for me. I had a couple things going on. So number one is I, I used to, I, I've had tuberculosis and when you have tuberculosis, they suppress it. It's never really gone. Mm-hmm. So my doctor was like, you can't be out around and in the public because if you do get it, it could reactivate your TB. And then that would be the worst case scenario, COVID and tuberculosis. So I had this, this like, Oh God, what do I do? But then I also have my kitchen staff that's been here since 1978 and they were afraid at first to place to um, actually apply for unemployment because they were worried about citizenship and all kinds of fears that they had 
Um, and then they weren't figuring out how to do it. So I said, I can't close. And I was deemed essential business because we could do takeout. So I never fully closed. I went right to takeout. And I also did it because, quite honestly, we are the cheers of the neighborhood. And I have so many people in L.A. that don't have family and they don't have anybody. And now they're shut in by themselves. And the only connection they have to any form of care and, you know, you know, care and love and community is us. So I was like, well, we got to stay open so I can at least pay my kitchen staff and some, I went from 15 employees to four up front and two in the kitchen. And we did everything we could. We tried to, you know, we're not known for to go. So we got on Grubhub, we got on Postmates, you know, and they take a chunk of things. And then you got to learn how to work the computers. Then you got to learn how to get the pictures up. Then you got to, you know, then, you know, they said we could serve liquor. So all of a sudden I'm a liquor store. I'm trying to compete with liquor stores and I'm taking, you know, my staff is taking pictures of every bottle of liquor we have to try to up our sales. And I was getting pretty uh, down because we were running at 5%. And that isn't, you know, I was basically paying my staff and that was it. And then I was spending money to be open, you know, cost. I don't think people, I don't think people understand the margins at restaurants and how low they are. I mean, a lot of, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that the margins on food are pretty low and that you make up for some of that by the margins on alcohol. But when you don't have people actually sitting at the place, then you're only able to really sell the small margin items on your menu. And that's unsustainable. Yeah. I, you, you, you know, the restaurant industry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That is correct. Um, and so at that time we didn't even have the PPP and we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I was stressing, stressing. I was working to go. I had my, my main girl, Lindsay, who helped me run the place working. Um, everybody was terrified. Um, I, I didn't pay my rent. Like I still owe $2,700 in my rent for my apartment, you know, because I was trying, you know, my bookkeepers like conserve your money, conserve your money, you know, like this is going to be bad. You know, I was like, all right, all right. Um, so he's like, if you can't pay rent, don't pay rent. You know, I paid half rent. Um, and then paid full rent whenever I could. Um, and, and my staff, a lot of them did the same thing, but, um, but, you know, and then we were dealing with, this is what real, when it really started to hit me at first, that the city was, I mean, not friendly to small businesses or they didn't know what they were doing. Um, the very first call was you can't open, you're not essential. You don't have food. Well, I knew that was a mistake because my license is really an old license that doesn't show food, but I, I've had a kitchen since day one and I have a public health permit. So I, I rectified that very quickly. Then it was, um, we've gotten reports that people are in here dining. No, they're not. You know, I'm sorry. I don't know who's calling you and telling you that. Then they show up at my door. We're here to inspect because we heard you're serving people inside your place. And then the inspectors were pretty nice. They, you know, I've always tried to do everything they've asked as long as I've owned this place. I've not had any issues. So they came in and they looked and they saw, you know, the boxes everywhere and the tables up, you know, chairs up on the table. And they're like, all right, okay, you're fine. 
So then they said we could do to-go liquor. And then ABC did under undercover stings. <laughs> and I got a letter that a Grubhub driver who was 40 years old and we carted him, dropped liquor off to this undercover sting to an underage officer. And that our, our license could be in jeopardy if we did that again. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, and it's so like you the, so that would require you to do an ID check on a third party, right? Which is ridiculous. So I call. Yeah, that's ABC insane. And I'm like, this is not my liability. Once I card the Grubhub driver, it's on them, you know. And yeah. you know, I they've of, actually created a platform for that, right? That's supposed to be trying to help us, and it's like unreal. How do you take somebody and? throw them in a pool to drown and then try to help them out and then push their head underwater. Like you don't understand when you're a small business owner and you're in the situation we are in any notice or drop by you give me has created anxiety times 500 because I'm already at anxiety times a hundred. So it's just, I mean, I don't know that that's intentional if that's just miscommunication, but it is, the worst thing you can do to a, a small business owner in those circumstances is to keep giving them things that might think you're going to shut them down or, oh. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was extremely stressful. And I'm going to be honest, Chris, I finally said, um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll just go until my money runs out but I'm going to start raising money and um, buying meals for the hospitals because I've always been taught, you know, when you give back, you, you, it helps every situation. And I want, I always give back to my community. So I said, well, we might as well at least do, if if the ship's going down, I might as well do something that's going to make me feel good and make it worth it. And so we started trying to raise funds and the funds would basically purchase meals from here. And then I would go out and deliver it to the hospitals. And that was a game changer for me. That took the depression away. It took the fear away. It gave me a sense of purpose of like, you know what, if I go under, at least people know I tried and that I gave back. And that really, it really helped me. I mean, it helped me more than it helped the hospitals. You know, and my staff, it really made them proud. And it, it was just a, like a little bright light in the midst of yeah, the dark. Good for you. That's, yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah, that was pretty, it, it was, it was a game changer. Like I said, it gave me the will to keep going. And, um, and then the PPPs came up. That was the next thing. Um, and that was a month of night of a nightmare because you're hoping you're going to get it. The paperwork's really hard. You know, even with my bookkeeper, we got we got denied and they had to like redo everything again. And I had my bookkeeper is like he handles doctor's offices. He was on this every day. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine my fellow bar owners who are you know, they're not coming back or or they're losing everything right now. They having to do it yourself in the midst of all that, you know. There's nobody to talk to. It's not, it's only through internet. It's just through submitting documents. If you submit the wrong document, you get denied. There's no person to count, you know, like go through your paperwork and tell you what you need or what you don't need. I mean, again, I was the lucky one because I had my bookkeeper for years and he is very good at his job, but 
99% of the small businesses can't afford to have someone like him, you know, or, or, or if they do, then they can't like me, I can't own a house. I live in an apartment. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. um, so that was the next stress and all my staff just sitting on pins and needles wondering, are we going to have a job? Is she going to get the PPP? You know, did, did we get it? Did we get it? And, you know, and I'm trying to keep them calm and I'm trying to keep myself calm, you know, and not look stressed in front of them, you know? Um, man, oh man. Yeah. I, I don't crazy. think that people really understand, um, especially the people in the positions of power who are making these decisions. I don't, right. it's my impression that they don't have any legitimate connection to actual working people or to small business owners because so many of them have never started a business themselves. So many of them were never really a part of the workforce. Um, it really you know is what? just, it's, it's infuriating to me. I'm just shaking my head this whole time listening to you. Yeah, Can go you ahead. Sorry. Gavin Newsom giving a big speech recently of I started as a small business owner. I had uh -huh. one. Well, it's like, no, obviously you did not. Because if you did, you would have thought, you know, when you problem solve, you think of what, what, what are the roadblocks that are going to happen down the road before you pull the trigger on a decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's also kind of glossing over the fact that he grew up wealthy in a family of political power. And, you know, he has his restaurant at his winery open right now. It's been and open the entire time. I know that's it's so unconscionably hypocritical what they are doing. I, it's unbelievable. I, it, it is out. It is. But the funny thing is it's so much, it tapped so many things that we can talk about like that, that it's just unbelievable. The anger is just in everybody in all people. I don't care what political party I, I you know, right. I'm it's not even about Democrats. politics. Yeah. I'm talking to Democrats here that are fed up. Like they can't believe it. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it's, yeah, it's, it's the hypocrisy is outrageous. And one of the things that annoys me the most is how supported they are by the media and the tech companies and our entertainment community here. All of these people have been profiting off of this. You know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the state has been paying influencers and actors to basically propagandize the taxpayers with the mask initiatives and the stay home, stay safe, all that stuff. Everything that you see on these influencer accounts with the hashtags and whatever there, the state's actually paying them to do this, which is infuriating because if you took that money and actually helped the businesses, the businesses might survive, but that right. doesn't seem to be the point. Well, you know, I'm well, only you know, speaking for myself. Should, maybe somebody should publish their salaries and then um, make it, very public so that people knew that because I'm sure I would be fantastic. That would infuriate, it would infuriate me to know that, <laughs> you know, um, it infuriates yeah. me to know it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I never um, knew that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 They've had uh, celebrities and influencers getting paid this whole time. The same thing for their getting wow. out the vote initiatives and everybody dropping their mail-in ballots in the little drop boxes that Mark Zuckerberg paid for. That's all 
influencer money. When you're seeing Jennifer Aniston out there with her political posts, she's getting paid. And the idea that these people are doing this out of some kind of naive or ignorant goodness of their heart is just simply not true. This is all very coordinated and it's happening in particular states around the country. And it is absolutely sickening to see the debt that's piling up in California while they keep their businesses closed. And they're almost to the point of bragging about their unemployment numbers as a reason to get government bailout money. I don't think a lot of people know this, but, you know, and Nancy Pelosi just kind of copped to it the other day. But the reason that further COVID relief was held back One of the main parts of that was that they were looking for a trillion dollars from the federal government to give to New York and California and the other states that have been shut down throughout this time because they have racked up unconscionable debt on top of the pension debts and whatever else that they had prior. And so at that point, you start to wonder, like, what is the connection between the businesses that they've closed down? They'll close down someone's little dress shop, but they'll keep Target open. They will... No, uh, I'm I'm Chris, right now, on Mm -hmm. Sunday, my right-hand girl, uh, Lindsay, who helps me run my place, came from the Sherman Oaks Galleria, where there's hundreds of people indoor Christmas shopping right now. Yeah. And I thought COVID spread more indoors and there's no face shields and there's no temperature checks and there's no gloves and you can try on whatever clothes you want. How is that possible while my outdoor dining right now outside tables, seven feet apart, temperature check, face shields, uh, gloves. How in the world is the mall still open? Yeah. Target. Uh, TJ Maxx. I just had somebody come today and go, oh, my God, we just came from TJ Maxx and it's crammed. Of course it is. Yeah, because the thing is, (laughs) and I'm closed. And gyms. The thing is, you know, my my feeling on this is what they don't want is people congregating and talking with one another and feeling safe. Because when you go out and have dinner and you have some drinks and you see your friends, everybody feels like everything's pretty normal. You go to the gym and you work out, you, you know, release some endorphins, you feel good. And it seems like all of this stuff is directly targeted at the things that make people feel good and give them a sense of community. Those are exactly the things we're not allowed to do. And when they tell us that we're not allowed to congregate in our own homes, but that you can go to Target or you can go to TJ Maxx. Like the virus doesn't choose on those lines. It also doesn't choose to to come out only at night after 10 o'clock, you know? And when they did that the other day, what was that, a few weeks ago where they said like that restaurants and outdoor dining have to close at 10? It's like, well, why? What is the scientific basis for that? And I don't know if you know this, but uh, yesterday... Admiral uh, Brett Giroir, who's on the coronavirus task force at the White House. He was like the guy who was in charge of distributing PPE and ventilators and and just like all the logistics of the response. You know, he said that there is absolutely no evidence to say that dining outdoors is dangerous. Like, yeah, well, we just we just won a coronavirus task force. Did you see that? Good. No, I haven't. Tell me about it. Uh, it was, it's a big win and it's a David and Goliath win. 
Um, <laughs> it is, you know, the restaurant association um, challenged the outdoor dining and it got before um, Los Angeles Superior Court. And the judge just ruled today that they could not do the outdoor dining band um, and, and they needed to do more research and they needed to come up with evidence because they had no evidence. However, Governor Gavin Newsom's new stricter orders still keeps us from opening. So now right. we're waiting to hear from the judge um, if that will change or not. I think we're supposed to hear tomorrow, but we did win. Like, if, and, and which I, I knew, I was like, I told my staff because on Wednesday, um, and this is just my, you know, my thoughts and feelings, but this is how it feels to me. Um, on Wednesday, when he announced that the, the orders were going to get stricter, I thought, oh, great. He knows we're going to win. And if we win, yeah. then that means other people can bring cases because he can't just single people out. And so if you close everything, supposedly everything, you know, he only closed playgrounds, museums, zoos, uh, um, nail salons who are dying right now. Of They're course. as bad or if not worse than I am, hair salons. But yet again, the mall's open, TJ Maxx is open, um, Target's open, Costco's open, Home Depot's open. Have you, you know, questioned so, them at? A, have you questioned them at all? I'm re, I'm really interested in the answer to this. I I posted this on social media the other day, and I don't think that I've talked to a small business owner this whole time. But you know, they kind of were just completely random in how they selected what was called an essential business. Now, I'm wondering why people can't just declare their businesses essential and open them and then force the government to show them why their business isn't essential. Because even that word itself is a statement well, Chris, of judgment. Like your business reason, is essential to you. It's essential to your employees. Yeah. It's essential to the community. There's no, there's no like grand again, scientific again, reason again, why think, target like, means Chris, more. Chris, in the beginning, you know, everybody's scared and everybody right. wants to do the right thing for people. Like, for me, my, right. my attitude has been from day one, first of all, I'm at high risk, but I have no choice. I have to work. So it's a, it's a joke when they, they say stay at home. That's a farce because half, half of us cannot stay at home because then we have to choose from being homeless and not eating over, um, you know, maybe getting the virus, you know? So it's like, it's like you get, you get, there's no choice there. We can't work from zoom. You know, um, I had a, somebody mailed in, uh, sent me an email and, and she said, you know, I'm speaking for those of us at the post office, please, you know, she didn't want her name given out. And in the sanitary sanitation area, you know, we're not getting tested regularly and we have to work every single day. And I am with you. It is a joke when they say stay at home orders because you know, the only people who can stay at home is if you're a tech person or if you have a lot of money or if you have a family that can support you during this time. Otherwise, or if you're an actor or a journalist. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, for most every one of us, eating is essential to living. <laughs> so exactly. you have to work. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, but that's, but anyway, you know, that's what their know. $450 a week is for, because, you know, it's hard to argue the idea that they are not trying to make people dependent on the government, that they it want these hard. businesses to go down, that they want the real estate values to drop and that people that this is how they usher in like universal basic income or something. Right. I mean, what, I, mean I think like, like I people said, are really losing the their shit. And in the beginning, I definitely would, did not think that. And I was very much for doing, and I still am. Again, if, if I'm wearing a, a mask and my, my employees are wearing gloves and it, it protects by any 1% chance my 80-year-old clients that come in, it's, it's not an inconvenience for me because I just simply want my customers to be safe. I love them. They're like family. But, you know... As you're taking hit over hit and rules are not making sense and research is things aren't making sense, then you start to go, am I being paranoid by thinking this? Like, am I? Yeah. But, you know, and I I, I tell people it's like I got to the point where it was like, you know, when I was a little girl in Indiana, um, I was raised by amazing parents, not educated parents, but amazing, common sense, great people. You know, my mom worked in a bread factory and my stepfather worked in a warehouse that supplied like uh, frozen foods and stuff to Kentucky Fried Chicken and things like that. And um, I had this the book, this book called The Emperor's New Clothes. I've just yep. gotten to the point now where I'm like, have you read that book? Because, you know, you can't tell me something's not happening when it's right in front of my face. Exactly. You know, if you know the story of that book. You know, it's the, um, you know, the seamstress comes and he's going to make these golden, you know, clothes for the emperor. And he's so excited and he talks everybody into it. And the emperor's so excited. And, and then he makes them and the emperor comes out naked. And everybody's applauding him like he has beautiful clothes on, except for a little kid that goes, he's naked. <laughs> you know, Yeah, it's amazing when people can say what's right in front of their eyes, which is what we've kind of all been brainwashed into not doing. Like if the media says cases are going up, well, I guess we should all be scared, you know, but it's been nine months now. It's been nine months. Yeah. Like in the people saying all this stuff, like, you know, Gavin goes to dinner with no masks on indoors with his friends. Why can't we? Uh, like hey, he knows himself that he is not in danger. I, I organized a protest in front of Sheila Cool's house, who is on the board of supervisors, who is the most outspoken as far as how dangerous outdoor dining is. And, and quite honestly, yep. she would like us to be shut down until the uh, vaccine comes out. And then she turns around that very evening and goes outdoor dining for the last night um, where she's been every night during this whole time, El Fresco dining, you know, at her restaurant. And, and, yeah. you know, I, I put together pro- my first protest ever in front of her house with other restaurant owners. And from what I hear, they're protesting every single, I mean, it's just gotten bigger and there's everybody they're protesting every single day since I did it this past Saturday, but I haven't been able to be there because I've been on all the, um, the, you know, I've had so much attention that I've been trying to get the word out nationally, you know, Good for you. But, yeah. um, no, I love it. Yeah, this yeah. is just this is just blatant corruption and dishonesty. And, Crazy. you know, 
to Gavin got his emergency order down, knocked down like six weeks ago and or right at the end of October, I think right Mm -hmm. before the elections. And so what he did was then just do the same thing that Gretchen Whitmer did in Michigan, which is push these decisions off onto the public health people. And, you know, we have Barbara Ferrer here in Los Angeles County, and she's Dr. Barbara Ferrer, but she's not a medical doctor at all. And we have her just making these policies based on whatever she wants to make them on. And the same thing with the schools. I don't know if you ever heard the the phone call that leaked where she was recorded saying that the schools would open after the elections. This was back in maybe August or September. But, oh, yeah. I mean, this stuff, the corruption here is so deep. And the idea that anyone still believes this is about data and science is out of their minds. In Florida, Ron DeSantis took these restrictions off at the end of September. It's been nine or ten weeks since then. And Florida hasn't had some major outbreak. And, you know, if they were doing that, the news would be all over it because they have been slamming Florida the entire time for his handling of Chris, this. Can I and they're doing you, just fine. Just let me tell you how fine they're doing. Um, I got a phone call because because of this video, because of everything that's happened to me and it's reached so many people. You know, I've been very, very humbled and very blessed to have I'm having calls from all over the world and all over the country. And people have donated to try to keep us alive. I talked with a gentleman today from Florida, uh, Naples. Um, Brooks brother, Brooks brothers, burgers, I believe it is, um, called me as three places in Florida and they are doing just fine. And he said, I want to pay two months of your rent. I'm behind 60,000 in rent. And he said, I know what you're going through and I can't believe what your state is doing to you. And he said, um, if anybody asks, just say you're getting help from the other side of the pond um, yeah. because because we're open and we're doing fine. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was in tears. It's and infuriating. Like, it's, well, I mean, yeah, that's amazing for him, but good Lord. Yeah, I mean. There is no it's, sense to any of this. None, none. So, I mean, what happened, what happened then is, is that they did say we could open up. I mean, I left off, I think it to go. And then they said we could open up in inside. And that lasted. Well, Oh, then the riots started from all the marches, right? Which I was like, Oh my gosh, your numbers are going to go up because there's hundreds of thousands of people in the thing. And then they're going to shut us down again. Right. So of course that's what happened. Um, you it's know, it's almost like they wanted that to happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they wanted it. That was a very big movement. It's important. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my sister's husband's black. My brother's girlfriend is black. My niece is mixed. My sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm you not know, talking, you know, about like that. I'm, I'm all for caring right. for people, but, but to, to what the small business owners were saying, the bars and restaurants is now they're shutting us down and blaming us for the numbers, but nobody's mentioning that maybe it just came from all the marches and we should just wait it out because, you know, it's not the small businesses that are spread making it, the numbers go up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the public um, health officials actually had the temerity to say that that racism was a public health crisis more important than the coronavirus. So the rioting was justified. 
And that is cr- just crazy making nonsense. Well, um, I'm, I'm yeah. conscious of your time. So let's, yeah. so let's talk about how you, like, I know that you spent a lot of money getting the place exactly how they wanted it for your outdoor dining. Yeah. So let's start there and then go to the video you made and see okay. what's going on now. Is that cool? So, so yeah, yeah. Um, basically went through the PPP loan in two and a half months. I got the disaster loan of 150,000 that I have literally been doing everything with. Um, and that's almost gone. But I, uh, yeah, I started inside with plexiglass everywhere. Um, plexiglass boost dividers. They said that we need air circulating. So I put in new special fans. I put in a to go window. Then they moved me outside and, um, uh, well, of course we had the riots, so I had to board up and I was getting shut down by oh. and, and hoping that, you know, luckily nothing did happen, um, sure. to my business. But even that um, was like so, five months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that they announced we could open up on a Thursday night with, uh, 10 pages of changes the night before. And then the riots ensued and I had to board up my windows and hit curfews where we couldn't be open anyway. So So that was crazy. I was like, this isn't really happening right now. Right. Like we finally get to open up in, you know, inside, you know, which that went for about two and a half, three weeks. And by the way, business was back and I thought, Oh, great. You know, we had the plexiglass inside. We did it all right. And then they shut us down and they said, no, 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 you got to go outdoors. And, um, outdoors was very hard cause you know, my landlord wasn't exactly wanting that. And, uh, of so course. I shut down and it took me a couple of weeks of negotiating to get that done. We opened up and, uh, now I've got nine, you know, parking spaces. I've got to turn into something that feels good. And that's not and very you gotta, easy. <laughs> you got to put it up and take it down every day, probably. Right. No, or are you able no. to have it there overnight? Uh, what I did is I bolted my, I got picnic tables, I bolted them to the ground and I got very light other tables that we do carry in. Um, we've got uh, a huge tent, um, like that you would use for housing in the army because, you know, you gotta think of Santa and a winds and things that might blow it over. We, sure. we, um, we have TVs on rollers. We had to get electricity out there. We had to get internet out there. Direct TV will not let a business do an app. So I had to actually hardwire direct TV outside. Good I mean, it, it was a lot, but. And so how much, it. yeah. How much money did you put into this change? Cause I read somewhere that it was $80,000. Yeah. It's so funny. I had some, some, somebody all disgruntled going, you didn't spend $80,000 on picnic tables, 60 to $80,000 on all the changes for COVID. Unbelievable. Which is Unbelievable. not forgivable. Not forgivable, and it's not part of the PPP loan. And that that came out of the hundred and fifty thousand dollar disaster loan that I've been floating my business on, um, which is almost was well up until what's happened. It's almost out. So um, and it was so almost yeah. Out. So and last so, week, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, so last week the order comes down that now you can't even do the outdoor dining. And again, there's no evidence, no data, no science supporting their orders, but they give the order anyway. And, you know, I don't need to explain the video because I'm, I'm sure people have seen it yeah. and I'm going to put the audio at the beginning. But 
just kind of give me, just walk me through what happened that morning and how you were feeling and, and, and the impact that this all had. Well, let me add that I, I had hired three new employees because October was so good. It was a good. only, only in first month I made a profit. They shut me Isn't down. Isn't it also amazing how quickly people are ready to return? Like people want to go oh. out. They want to be social. They want to see their friends. They want to go to the old places when and I they want to support you. When I was building the patio and I was about ready to give up because it was so hard, I had people jogging by. One woman stopped, started cheering and clapping and was saying, thank you. Thank you for keeping the community together. People were honking as I'm building the patio. That's, That's what kept me going. Good. You know, um, but what happened is um, two days, two days before Thanksgiving, they announced that outdoor dining had to shut down the night before Thanksgiving. And a month before Christmas. It's intentional. It's intentional. I was like crying. I told my bookkeeper, I still want to try to stay open for it to go. He said, look, this is all we've got. And when you're open for it to go, we're bleeding money. And we won't, we won't last long enough to make it back outdoors again. So you have to shut down. Unreal. And I was like, uh, you know, I got to tell my staff this. And, and I knew because I'd hired three of the new hires that I hired. One of them was out of their unemployment and it took them almost a year. Well, the whole time to get, get a job with me. Um, another one was a, is a single mom um, with a three-year-old and I mean, she can't pay her rent and she's a bartender waitress and she was so thankful to have the job. And I had to, I mean, I just trained these people. And sure. I have to tell them now that they have no job, along with my Lindsay, my manager, who has a son who's been with me through this whole thing. She just started crying and she said, Angela, I'm so scared. I mean, she just texted me to, right now. And she's like, I'm so depressed. I can't come in. Like it's it's it was for me to have to tell them that. And I'm trying to keep it together myself and I'm trying to put on a good face. And um so I, I had scheduled them the following Friday to come pick up their last paycheck. And I had, you know, food that was going to go bad. So we did grocery bags for my staff for the paycheck. And I kept telling them, you know, don't worry. We're, we're going to get through this. The reason why we're closing is so that we can reopen. We're going to come back. But, you know, I had enough to get to February 1st. And then... I don't know what I was going to do. I was, I'm, I was watching the news for the, the next package. Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? When are they going to give it to us? Mm -hmm. You know, hoping that they would do it before February. Cause I was done. If not, you know, I didn't tell my staff that, but so, um, I, you know, my mom says, just walk away, come back home, live with us. <laughs> you know, they're but then Indiana you just feel defeated by this. And I, I can hear so it in your voice and the way you are as a person. I mean, obviously we don't know each other, but like yeah. you sound like an eminently responsible business owner, someone who actually cares about the community and to let this defeat you is just not in your bones. It sounds like. <laughs> that made me cry. Yeah. I, I literally was like, I, uh, I was like, she's right. I haven't had a break. My dad's been sick you know, twice almost died from a pneumonia. It's not Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I haven't been able to see him because of all this. And I was like, maybe my mom's right. I should just go back and spend time with them and wait it out. And, um, and, um, 
And I just called her and said, Mom, I can't. I can't. I can't. This, this place means so much to so many people and my staff. And I can't just walk away. I can't, you know. I spent 10 years working to pay the debt of buying it off. We actually had it paid off. We were going to have it paid off in June of next year. And this is my retirement. And my kitchen staff, they'll have nothing. They've been here since 1978. And I can't do it. I can't do it. You've got to get this thing turned around, man. This is just straight up cruelty, what they're doing. And I've thought thought that the whole time. I appreciate the people who like were were really trying to be responsible in all this. I am absolutely furious about what they're doing. This is not a free country like this. It was it's cruel. just cruelty. And I, I, just, I said, Mom, I gotta I I said everybody's moving out of California and I yeah. said, but I've been here twenty eight years. I love it. Why do I have to go? And like I have to fight and I and I knew like that Friday you know, I went to the mall on Black Friday and was open and just the fire in me. I was so angry. I was like, you know, and as business owners, none of us are speaking up because we're afraid that we'll look like we don't care. We want people to die of COVID and, and we love our yeah. customers so much. And, and and it is a very liberal place here. And it's just like, we're afraid to to say the truth. And I, and I finally, I, I said, I, I can't do it. I got to tell the truth, you know? And Good. So I started on the Friday and I was like ramming and this is kind of a long story. I know, but I have to tell you the build up because Go, it's crazy do it. the hit, you know, and it's if like, you have I, time, I have time. I, I, I started telling, you know, I'm on Facebook and then I was like, Oh, I hate being angry on Facebook because I'm going to tell you like in my bar, I don't care. Democrat, Republican, atheist, Christian, whatever. Oh. I love you, you know? Yeah. Um, That's how the country and, used to be. And that's the way it should be. It's free exactly. thinking, free ideas, and we love each other. And you, what you believe is your choice, and that doesn't hinder how I feel about you. You know, I want you to have your life, you know, what you choose. Well, and you find um, out that's not reciprocal. Right. Not, not in the time period, but I'm hoping we'll get back there. That's what I'm trying we will. to do. We will. Uh, we will. But, um, but, yeah, so I, uh, real quickly, because I do have to get off, I, uh, you know, it started that that day after Thanksgiving where I really started not being afraid to speak out and felt like the truth had to be told and I had to do something. And then um, it was strictly by accident. I scheduled um, last paychecks and groceries that Friday and pulled into my parking lot and saw my destituted patio in the movie company there set up for 200 people with catering trucks. As I'm coming to give last paychecks and groceries to my staff in the same parking lot, 15 steps from mine. COVID doesn't go over there, I guess. I, that's why I said, I guess COVID doesn't hurt people that have a permit from the yeah. city. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. I, I, I came in, you know, I'm thinking about my staff walking through that. And I just was trying to hold it together. I started crying. I got mad. And I, my girlfriend was here because I'd already planned a protest in front of um, Sheila Kula's house. So we were making poster boards for the protest while I was giving away the checks and the groceries and started crying. And um, I said, nope, no more. I got to show people. They have to Good. know what's Good. Going. They yes. have to know. So I, I filmed it. 
but never did I imagine I would be sitting here talking to you today. I just was going to put it on my Instagram and my Facebook so people would understand why I was speaking out finally and like why I couldn't take it, you know? And I think that your video is making a real difference. And I think that that's like such an incredible result. And I know you've gotten some support from, from, you know, the celebrity community and stuff, but ultimately for me, you know, I look at that and obviously whatever support is being given to you, I'm a hundred percent for, but the real support that those people need to give local businesses is to stand up, to say that this is bullshit and to get businesses open to get these restrictions done with to admit finally that lockdowns don't work. I mean, the WHO says lockdowns don't work. Why are we supposed to believe Barbara Ferrer? You know, this stuff is crazy. And there is actually a restaurant that's just going to go ahead and open on Thursday and they've announced it on Instagram. So I don't think I'm screwing them over by saying it, but Tin Horn Horn Flats up in Burbank is just going to open. Yeah. And I I saw the Instagram post. Somebody sent it to me and I was like, and I just commented on it. I'll be there. I'm going to go there at noon when they open on Thursday and I'm going to have lunch. And I want to, at some point, you know, you see that bar owner in, in Long Island and the people will support you. And at some point the people have to take back the power. And I think that that's what's happening in the country right now. And I love that, but what they're doing is not lawful and it's not moral and more people like you need to stand up and speak out. And we need to just live lives as free people again, because I mean, honestly, Chris, I I have to go soon, but I want to say in defense of the small businesses and restaurants, they're threatening to take our liquor license and our public health permits of which we'll never be able to hold one again in the County. So this is why people are afraid. This is why people are afraid. Like Joe's, uh, Joe's cafe in Redondo, they pulled, they took his public health permit away from him. And they're telling you, you'll never be able to hold one again. And if you are a small business owner and you don't have the money to hire an attorney, like I know a tattoo shop owner who tried to do that. And, um, you know, cause tattoo places have gotten brutalized, you know, he got two misdemeanor fines or two misdemeanors, a $10,000 fine, and he had to spend $40,000 in an attorney to get rid of the misdemeanors to pay the fine. So if you don't, if you're a small mom and pop shop like me, right. you know, without the generosity of the public right now, I, I mean, I, there's no way you can take that risk. Well, let's hope some attorneys are listening to this because this is the sort of thing that is worth defending, you know, The idea that people are just told that they can no longer make a living like, you know, and especially by the people who are always saying that they care about the workers, that they want people to have paid vacations and all this like no worker is going to be able to take vacation for the next two years because of this. Oh, Mayor Garcetti said my heart goes out to Miss Marsden and the Pineapple Hill family. Um, oh, it's yeah. unfortunate that they have to file, file or follow the rules of the state and the county. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I can't even. One of the most basic elements of government is that they govern with the consent of the governed. And the idea that they can just make these capricious rules and then enforce by law and punishment the capricious rules is 
antithetical to every single thing this country is about. And it is so frustrating. But listen, I want to let you go. Um, Thank thank you you so much, honestly, for what you're doing. I'm so happy you made that video. I really think it's going to make a difference. And guys, if you're in L.A., please go support the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. Did I get it right? Yes, you can you can find us at PH Saloon um, and also at Pineapple Hill Saloon on Instagram, uh, PH Saloon's on Facebook. And yes, we're in Sherman Oaks, California. And all I'm asking is start giving Garcetti heck. If, if all yeah, of us are all up of there, the California can, yep. you know, nudge the giant. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank all right, Angela, I wish you the best of luck. I'm going to support Thank the business so as soon as you guys are back open. You know, this podcast actually came to be because I called in to order burgers the other night. Um, <laughs> but I'm so glad that I said, hey, I would love to have her on the podcast. Um, well, but we're keep doing what you're doing. Um, to to keep, go at least next week. So we'll see. Yes. Yeah, and keep putting pressure on these bastards. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right. Be well. I'll talk to you soon. Best of luck. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com 
slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!